Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, February 21st, and we are reading from the big book and we are on page 25, the first paragraph that starts with, there is a solution. Today's readers are Esther C., Kim G., Sharon R.S., and Huddy. The reference number for Thursday, February 20th, is 5944. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Cheryl R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you for your service. I'm Cheryl R. from Virginia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. And I will now ask Rose to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Julie. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phones, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 25 with the first paragraph, There is a Solution. I will now ask Esther C. to begin reading. Good morning. My name is Esther C. from Canada, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. So here we are, a very juicy paragraph that begins with uh, that italicized 
um, sentence, there is a solution. And it, this paragraph is simply describing what the solution is. But I would like to share today on this last sentence, we have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. So when I was eating compulsively for many decades, I knew that my life would change if I lost weight. And when I came to the program of Overeaters Anonymous, I got an abstinent food plan, I developed a fellowship of new friends, I had tools, I had slogans, and I was very busy talking about the steps, although I didn't actually do them as they're outlined in the big book. And sure enough, you know, as I stopped eating all that junk and I, I lost over 100 pounds, new clothes, new life, life was good. I was happy. I, I felt upbeat. But essentially there was no paradigm shift. There was no psychic change. There, there was no overhaul of my approach to life. And and that amazing feeling that I was that I was experiencing was really what comes along with, you know, having a, a physically healthy body and, and, and not eating all those toxic substances. And so all that didn't last, right, because eventually I, I picked up. So for me, being rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence is different. It's something I actually didn't expect, right? It says here we have not even dreamed about it because it's not about having new habits. It's not about the circumstances of my life becoming better and so I become happier. This is about something new happening inside of me, this new way of looking at life, this new um, sources of serenity and peace that I have been able to tap into, and I've become a different person. This is um, the fourth dimension that they speak of. This is how I experienced it, becoming a new person, looking at life differently, and this is completely unexpected for me. Again, I knew that it, if I would lose weight, life would be better. But I, one thing that was one thing that I had not even dreamed of was that life would change in this way for me, and that everything about it would be different. Whether it was my relationships with other people, which is the way I related to the world, which is the way I related to my higher power, everything has changed in a way that was completely unexpected, and of course welcomed and and um, savored. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. And would anyone like to share on this paragraph? Rose. Okay. Rose, go ahead. Thank you, Julie. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, my name is Rose, recovered compulsive overeater in Hankins, New York. Um, almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride the confession of shortcomings, which the process, that being the 12 steps, requires for its successful consummation. And then uh, dropping down a bit, it says, um, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools. Again, it's the 12 steps that were laid at my feet. And... um, when I was brought through this book by a recovered compulsive overeater um, guiding me through these instructions, um, uh, my daily work uh, includes uh, reading pages 84 to 88 each day, steps 10 and 11, review throughout the day and at night. Um, and and I, I do that not because I'm a good girl and I'm trying to get merits with God in heaven or whatever other reason. I'm doing it because I have to, and it describes on page 85, you know, my recovery is contingent on 
my fit spiritual condition. And my fit spiritual condition each day requires what this, it says there is a solution, which means, Rose, you need to do this each day or else you do not keep recovering and stay in fit spiritual condition. And, um, you know, what does it look like? What does it feel like to um, uh, have, do this self-searching and having my pride leveled? And as I continue to confess shortcomings each day um, as to my uh, mistakes being made and what I haven't learned yet as a human being, but as was shared just now, which I just think was perfect, um, this shift in consciousness does take place as the result of working these steps, uh, 4 through 9, 1 through 9, and 10, 11, and 12. The shift does take place, and and the way it's manifesting uh, these days for me is that I am um, being given the gift from God um, to see me as I am uh, with the pain, with the um, truth of it, and and accepting that and letting in the truth um, from using the steps and praying, using every tool that's given to us in this book, um, the healing comes in uh, from 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 it as a result of doing this. So um, it says it it says it like so loudly in this one paragraph. And um, as Esther said, we have found much of heaven and rocketed into the fourth dimension. Um, I never dreamed it existed either. I never believed it. And um, just as a result of um, this work, it's it's manifesting also in my life. Thank you for the chance to share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rose. Would anyone else like to share? Is it Judith? Jackie? Okay, I, there's one person before Becky and Lorna. Laura. Judith. Judith. Okay, go ahead, Judith, then Laura, and then Becky. Okay, go ahead. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Vision for You. This is Judith in Vermont, um, compulsive reader. I'm so excited that we got to this paragraph. There is a solution. We've been waiting since page 17 because that's the name of this chapter. And on page 20, Bill told us it is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. And so there's the promise. What did you do? What did you do? But he says, before going into a detailed discussion, it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. So then he, from page 20 to page 25, he makes sure we really understand who we are as an alcoholic, as a compulsive overeater. And now we've waited, and he's given us all this important information. And now on page 25, he says there is a solution. And in the very first sentence, he tells us basically that it's the steps and the confession of our shortcomings, the leveling of our pride. So it's just terribly exciting that, that we finally got to the to the stage where we're going to find out what is the solution. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you. And I would like to remind everyone if they can press star one to make sure they are muted. Um, and Laura, would you please go ahead and read? Sure. Hi, Lauren S. from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a recovered compulsive overeater. Some, oh my gosh, if if you're, this paragraph for me is, it's so, as Esther said, it's juicy. Perhaps that'll be what it is for you. Um, okay, some notes I have is, <clears throat> okay, where it says fourth dimension of existence, I, I call that the spiritual realm within. I'm awakening my spirit. And I have, as a result of this 12-step process, I will experience the spiritual realm within when I'm centered in the triangle of AA's unity, recovery, and service. And this is Overeaters Anonymous, so you could say OA's unity, recovery, and service. And I like to bring back the circle and the triangle in my daily life to see what is my current day agnosticism. They, the circle and the triangle was dropped in the 80s, but that's based on where's our unity, our, which is our 12 traditions. Where's our service, which is found in our 12 concepts, and that's after you get recovered. So if you're not yet recovered, the service can just be helping with meetings and inner group, but it's really found in sponsoring. And finally, recovery, which is found in the 12 steps on page XXV to page 164. And another note I have that I like to ask myself after they tell us, you know, leveling of our pride, confession for this program's successful beginning, do I believe that this 12-step process is what's required for me to change and that this is my only solution? That is uh, an important question for all of you on the line to ask yourself. There is one solution, meaning I am done with diet programs. I am finished with therapy. Trying Therapy is the only solution, I should say. I am finished with using medicine as the only solution. I need the 12 steps. I'm finished with other solutions. It's the 12 steps or it's prison or death or insanity. There's no other door for me. I had to ask myself that. And whenever I came to the conclusion that I am willing to go on with steps 2 through 12, I I was I was a change in me began to take place. A fire was lit under my butt and I went through this work with that fire knowing that if I didn't continue on in the 12 steps building my foundation for step one, because we're only on page 25, and continuing, I was going to go insane. I was going to die. <clears throat> and this paragraph, finally, to wrap, wrap up all this juiciness, is this paragraph is um, summarizing what it takes, what it takes to live on a spiritual basis, what it takes. And uh, self-searching, lovely. So um, thank you very much. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. And who would else like to share? Jackie from West Virginia. Go ahead, Jackie. What has 
what strikes me in this uh, paragraph is that I've been rocketed into a fourth dimension. I am struggling with my program, and I was speaking to a uh, recovered overeater yesterday and was told that food had become a neutrality in her life. And this is something that is hard for me to even imagine. And I'm wondering if this is true for other people that have recovered from their food addiction. And so that's, I'm having a hard time even believing that's true. So if I could hear about that, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Larry. Larry. Okay, before Lois and before Larry, there was one person. Janice. Janice. Yes. Okay, then Lois and then Larry. Thank you. Well, thank you, um, Julie. Thank you. Um, This is Janice. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. There is a solution. Ooh, ooh, this is the answer. We have a problem. I have a problem. I have an allergy of the body and I have an obsession of the mind. So I came to OA, and I got into the fellowship, and the fellowship was great. It supported it. It told me, you know, I had to have the food down. That was great, using some tools, but that wasn't enough. That was not enough because I would pick up again. Why? Because of the obsession of the mind. So here is the answer for me. Here was the answer, and it still is the answer, of course. The answer that's going to remove the problem is going to be solved by taking away, by removing the obsession to want to eat. Then that's where the neutrality comes for me with the food. Now, what does the steps do for me? They they remove not only the obsession because... It removes the resentments that I have, the fears, the selfishness. Then I don't need to eat compulsively. I don't have to seek that comfort. The problem will be solved through the power that I found through these 12 steps. This is what it's saying to me. That is the answer, a answer, a solution. If Because when I came in here, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't calm, and my mental uh, recovery wasn't there. I wasn't sane and contented. I was irritable. So the steps removed the obsession because the, through the process of the 12 steps, resentments were moved, removed, fears were removed for one day. And uh, that's where my recovery is, is for one day. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And Lois, would you like to share? I do. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. And um, the first thing I was thinking of when I I saw this and read this was, I came, I came to, and I came to believe. You know, this is a cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. And I could, you know, speak about that in my life, how it was cunning, baffling, and powerful for 15 minutes, but I wanted to comment on this phrase where it said, we saw that it really worked in others. 
and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we as we had been living it and and um and that 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 really um wraps up what 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 I was doing when I when I first was acquainted with the big book step study there is a solution and I had been living with hopelessness for for years and torture and um I could never you know find any solution and I tried my whole life you know for the past 20 years maybe had been learning and searching and trying to overcome this disease First of all, to not eat. Secondly, to keep it down. And thirdly, to stop from picking it up again. My, it, the repetition of the despair, you know, was my daily life and, feel, and the feelings that accompanied that. So when I heard this, and I really heard it at first, you know, I grasped it like, like a drowning woman. And, and I wanted more. I had the gift of desperation. And if you're new, like one of the previous speakers I heard was very new, you know, you have been given the directions for recovering from compulsive overeating slash alcoholism. And I grasped this like a drowning man. And I hope that anyone else on this on this program this morning, you know, would be given the grace to be able to do that too. And And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Ellis. And Larry, would you share, please? Hi, this is Larry, a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Thanks so much. Um, thank God there is a solution. Um, when I came into program, I mean, are you kidding me? Self-searching and leveling of my pride, confession of my shortcomings. What shortcomings? What are you talking about? I didn't understand that that concept. Um, but it did require this process. I didn't get it. Uh, I just didn't get it. But, I, but I'm smart. I, I, I have degrees and I have all these things and I'm not getting these simple concepts. It must be because it's, it's, this program is for the simple-minded. That's what I tried to convince myself. That's what it is. And then, and then I was confirmed in that erroneous thought that kept me stuck in the quicksand because I would hear things like, well, you could be too smart for this program. Ah, yes, you know how to stroke me. That's it, right? I'm too smart for it. That's it. It's it's for all you dummies out there. Sorry, Larry. You were the you were the the jokes on you. God has a great sense of humor. Um, but what what happened is is when they talk about, you know, that this that when you do this, you know, it requires uh, just going through this process to have a successful consummation. Well, of course, consummation is the point at which something is completed, ED, finalized, like recovered, you know. And I, I, you know, when I would talk to people about concepts that I, you know, that I couldn't wrap my brain around. See, because before the obsession of the mind, the greater aspect of our disease, before that was removed, you know, from me, taken from me, I didn't remove it myself. You didn't remove it. It was removed by some entity that I, I choose to call God simply because I don't have another word to, to describe it. You have your own words, and that's the beauty of it. We don't have to. You know, my conception of God, it doesn't have to be yours. But this, this entity, this God, this, this God quality, this removed the obsession of the mind. Well, now, 
you know, prior to that, again, trying to make sense of that which I did not experience. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, when you look at the, when you look at the uh, promises, you will have a new freedom and a new happiness. Yeah, I know what that is now because it's happened to me. It's happened to me. What have I had? I've had a spiritual awakening. How did I have it? I unequivocally know. And I'm telling you, if you talk to me in the first few years, I would be sort of hedging my bets. I would say, well, maybe, I think, I don't know. It seems like I'm getting a little better. Hey, what's step beyond, Larry? Well, I I would hem and haw. I never wanted to see, because human beings, um, they don't want to level their pride. I was self-centered to the extreme. Most addicts are. So I continued to stay stuck in my misery, in my self-imposed prison. It was really self-imposed in the sense that it was always within me. It was always within me that God could remove these things. I just had to, had to clear the path, get out of God's way so that he could remove this obsession of the mind. Because until he removed the obsession of the mind, I would always be stuck in the disease. Maybe not today. Some days I'd put the food down and boy would I feel great. There's someone on the line that feels great this morning. The food was down yesterday. There's someone else that's miserable. The food, they picked up the food again. Oh, but I, I just want what you have. And I get people that call and many of them, you know, that call, they, you know, they were where I was and um, in, in terms of just not being willing to work the steps, the willingness to work the steps. God did not turn on the shower for me this morning. That would be nice. God did not fix my abstinent breakfast. He didn't place it on a scale. Yes, I have boundaries around my food. There are things I could do for myself. But the fact that I've been rocketed into a fourth dimension, absolutely. You know, I'll remind myself, I was the guy that was smashing windshields while driving in the car going, you know, 65, 70 miles an hour. I was the guy that would tear you up and spit you out. I was the guy that would, I mean, stuff my face. That, yeah, of course, because I didn't want to feel things. But I did so much more, you know, tore up relationships, married twice, uh, thought I was a great father because I was present, or was I? I really wasn't. You know, what kind of model was I being? I was lying, cheating, stealing. You know, I'm doing my taxes now, you know. I don't do that anymore. Why? Because I've been rocketed into a fourth dimension of reality. Now, I really do care about other people. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Was it, was it the food plan? That's it. I put down the sugar and the flour. I'm in a thin body. Well, of course you're happy and you feel like you've been rocketed, Larry. You're, you're 5'10", 170 pounds. Well, if I was that weight, you know, uh, I would be happy too. No, you don't get it. I didn't get it either. I had to work the steps, and it didn't make sense because it wasn't about science. And I'm a scientist in a sense, you know, and it wasn't about science. It was about belief first, and then faith came now. Now I speak with authority. Why? Because I'm authoritative? No, I was a coward. I speak with authority because God did this for me. I didn't do it for myself. I worked these steps. I leveled my pride. Pride had to be smashed. The ego had to be smashed. God did all that for me. So, of course, I'm speaking God's authority. It's God's handiwork that you hear. 
So if you want what I have or anyone has, you know, don't do what I did and spend four and five and ten years hanging around waiting for this to, to, to for this to it'll just happen. It'll just kind of happen. The shower will be turned on for you. Larry will come over and turn the shower on for you. Nope. You've got to be willing to level your pride. That willingness comes from within. And then God will do the rest. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry. This is Julia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And, um, you know, there's a reason why it's in italics. There is a solution. When I, you know, first came to OA, I just wanted to be thin. I didn't think I needed to um, have anything changed in me. It was because I was morbidly obese and then life would be well. You know, in and out of the rooms and, you know, having, you know, almost three years of abstinence, down 150 pounds, but I was thin and I was not recovered. I um, I was self-righteous. I was self-centered. Um, it was all about me, and I was on a diet pretty much, and I used OA just as um, more of the fellowship, and I never really got to see um, my ego was still very, very big, and I didn't see the hopelessness and the futility of life anymore. So therefore, I thought I had done enough. And um, But you know what? I didn't enlarge my spiritual life. I didn't pick up that simple kit of spiritual tools that were laid at my feet. And, um, of course, I, I picked up the food. And it's interesting because today, the, yeah, the food's down, Um but it's my relationship with my creator, with my great spirit that I have to continually enlarge. And it's interesting because the days that I might be restless, irritable, and discontent, my sponsor will always ask me, oh, how was your prayer meditation? So, you know, that fourth dimension, that's a life free, working to be free of ego. It's that authentic Julie that you know I was supposed to be which I had never ever known about even when I was just then I never knew because I was still in the self you know this this program promises us that we are going to react think differently to life and I'm not going to be um, resentful 24-7 I'm not going to be dishonest 24-7 I'm not going to be angry 24-7 you know, I have steps that tell me exactly what to do and when to do them. So this is a, a great program, and the promises are laid out very clear for us in the action steps. So with that, I'll pass. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Yes, yes yeah, I'd like Jamie. to share. Okay. Um, I heard somebody before, Jamie. Amy. Jackie. Oh, Jackie, Jackie. and Amy. Okay. Go ahead, Jackie. Okay, what I, I like is we have found much of heaven in a, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even been, not even dreamed. And what I get from that is the promises. And that just reminds me of uh, page um, 83 uh, at the bottom where it said, uh, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. I know for me, uh, when I got my spiritual experience, it was like a aha moment, like, wow, oh, my goodness, I can't believe the, the problems are flowing out of my head. And 
I can see, and and then I got a sponsor, and then it went from uh, uh, I started developing an umbilical cord, a spiritual umbilical cord, and then I connected with the sponsor, and every time we do the study, it seemed like I just want to suck the life out of her because she's teaching me, and, and the more she teach, the more I want. And that's that newfound freedom for me, you know, uh, that, that rocketed experience. Like I, I'm just, I feel like a firecracker where I'm just blowing up all over the place. And when she's teaching me, it's just a, a good feeling. My mind isn't warped anymore. I can think. I can I can talk intelligent with her. Uh, I'm not uh, jittery or befogged from the food. And it just feels fantastic. I'm I'm telling you. I feel fantastic. I don't go to bed uh, any more restless. I don't have to think about being, uh, uh, well, what what they think about me because I don't care anymore. Uh, you can think what you want to think because uh, I I have found this newfound freedom, and it's the God of my understanding. And on page 63, it talks about, you know, for me, once I found that I was reborn, and hallelujah, I was happy. To be reborn, I can redo this thing again. Somebody is rebirthing me, and, 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 and it's the God of my understanding, and here it is. I can do this thing over again, and, 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 and I get another chance at this to, to be an, a mature adult because I'm not doped up on the sugar flour and wheat, and it is just fantastic. And uh, I really like this paragraph, just uh, uh, rocketed into a fourth dimension. You know, and I thank the God of my understanding that he have given me this precious gift. Uh, my sponsor, when she's uh, talking with me, her message carried death and weight, and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm truly loving this, this spiritual experience and this newfound freedom that uh, I have found because I've been around a long time, couldn't get it, didn't understand it because I worked a glorified food plan and some tools and just ate my brains out because that's all I had. And once I connected this with it, it just changed. The game changed. It was on. I'm I'm loving it. So I thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. And uh, Amy? Yes, good morning. My name is Amy. I am a recovered compulsive reader for Maryland. Thank you for your service. Thank you, everyone on the line. I don't think I'm going to say anything new, but I think it bears repeating what is this chapter called? It's called There is a Solution. And we've spent great detail going through the paragraphs describing what our problem is as an alcoholic and a compulsive overeater, the twofold nature of our disease, the wicked allergy, and the mental obsession. Even worse, the greater aspect of this disease is that mental obsession where it says a few paragraphs earlier that we are without defense against the first drink. And yesterday we talked a lot about in our meeting about this, this idea of not having any choice, that because of this mental obsession, we wind up in front of the refrigerator five bites into the, binge, into the binge, wondering how the hell did I get here, against all consequences, against all consequences. We again stick our hand on the hot plane, thinking this time it won't hurt me. Sometimes we have a thought about it and we try to stop it and we still can't stop. We stop and we never can stay stopped. We don't understand why. And now they're describing to us what this disease is about. And here they start out with this paragraph that there is a solution, and that there is an answer. So what is our response going to be? What is our response going to be? This idea of losing choice when it came to eating, I will tell you that we have one choice. The one choice we do have that I have that we all have to make is the choice to surrender 
the choice to surrender to this program, to say, if this is who I am, I am going to work this program like my life depended on it, like my life depends on it, that those who have gone before in whom the problem has been solved, I am going to believe in and I'm going to pick up this spiritual kit of tools that are laid at my feet. I think they're very specific when they say that. Why did they phrase it like that? Because I can give you the program. I can show you the program. I can lay it at your feet. But ultimately, it's going to be your choice and your choice alone to surrender to this program and choose to say, this is who I am. This is what I must do. I have, quote, cancer, if you will. This is my radiation. This is my chemo. This is what I need to do to care for myself, to be to become recovered because I don't know about you all but I can tell you I know that if I think if there's any way out there is no way like Larry said the human nature we balk against leveling our pride confession of our shortcomings who the heck is going to do that I'm not going to do that unless I absolutely have to or if I feel I'm going to die that's what motivated me that gift of desperation that we've talked about that am I desperate enough to finally resign from the debating society and say, I'm going to work this program in its totality. If we move forward to how it works in that chapter, it talks about half measures availing nothing. We stood at the turning point. You know, at some of these steps we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. We had to be absolutely fearless. And if we don't predicate our decision that this is who I am, this is, who I'm, this is what I must do, I don't know about you all, but there's no way I'm going to do it. And it all starts with that decision to surrender. Step one, I admit I am powerless. I admit I am a compulsive overeater. I choose to work this program to pick up, me, myself, and I pick up this spiritual kit of tools and work it. And it truly does work. There are those who have gone before. There are those of us on the line saying the land of recovered is there. The hope, the solution, the answer is here. What is your response going to be? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Sarah? Sarah, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Uh, my name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. And um, what I was thinking of when I was reading this is, uh, well, the whole paragraph has so much to it, and it's, this is probably one of my very favorite pages in the big book. Um, it really has says so much to me uh, and, and really directs me so clearly. One of the things that I was thinking, and so much has been said already, I don't want to be redundant, but, um, you know, this is basically like basically a four through nine we're talking about in a lot of ways in the beginning of it. You know, it's talking about, uh, you know, none of us like the searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, uh, which the process, and I see the word requires, requires for its successful consummation. And I think a lot of us, you know, myself, I'll speak for, um, you know, I came in feeling very uh, insecure and not liking who I was, and I thought, what kind of pride could I have? I don't like who I am. But in a lot of ways, that's false pride. And, you know, I had to come to see that and realize that. And, you know, I, I just would like to bring up the, the principles of the program 
when it comes to the four through nine. You know, the fourth step is basically about courage. And the fifth step is about integrity. And the sixth step is about willingness. And the seventh step, which I think is what a lot of this this paragraph is about, is about humility. And I have to go back to find that humility, you know, where I'm truly right-sized. I'm no longer better than. And most importantly, I have to remember I'm not less than either. I can look eye-to-eye with you. And then, you know, the fact that we do see it in other people, you know, people that really are living their life, you know, um, I had an opportunity to grow yesterday, and I think that's what it's about. It's about growth. It's about spiritual growth. You know, I went into a place that I feel, you know, I I probably maybe am not that well-liked because of my history of how I've behaved. And what I chose to do because I was stretching beyond my comfort zone and asking God to help me was I chose to really try to reach out to people in a very loving, kind way because love and tolerance is our code. And what I found was that that experience, because I did that, allowed me to once again reach into that fourth dimension. Because when I stretch beyond my comfort zone and I, you know, I heard an AA guy say, you know, what do I have to change about me? I mean, what what has to happen? He says, you don't have to change anything. You have to change everything. And I think I have to keep that in the back of my mind that, you know, it isn't it isn't an easy thing to do this. But my gosh, look what we get. Look what we get. Freedom from the insanity around the food. And not only that, freedom from the insanity of our behaviors because after we're done with our steps, we have 10, 11, 12 always to go back to. You know, we never get, we're never done. We're always on the journey. Because people say they're recovered, they are not done with their journey. We continue on. And what a beautiful gift. And thank God, as other people say, thank God for AA, but thank God for our higher powers. Thank God we have this solution. And I encourage you to really think to step beyond your comfort zone and and be willing enough to do the program as it's outlined. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Who Who would else like to share? Barbara, Leah. Barbara, and then Leah. Okay, Barbara. Thank you. This is Barbara, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I'm hearing so loud and clear in this paragraph today that strange combination of, as it says, a simple religious spiritual idea and a practical program of action. The spiritual tools, what an odd combination I'm saying to myself. Because I used to figure the life of the spirit, well, let me sit on this holy mountain and meditate and reflect or there was the laboring in the field, let me, the equivalent of a fourth step at that time, let me look at all my faults, my sins, uh, let me go to therapy, let me work through it. You know, the tool aspect of it, the digging, digging, that didn't do it. The life of this, quote, spirit didn't do it. But that wonderful God-given inspiration of combining a simple kit of spiritual tools and and as I say, the phrase rings back from Bill's story, this simple religious or spiritual idea and a practical program of action. And I'm thinking of that wisdom from other sources. I have this little prayer card at home that, that I keep um, that, that uh, is from, I believe, an Asian outlook of first the ecstasy and then the laundry. And I thought, look at that strange combination. 
And isn't that what the the 12 steps inspire also? The the ecstasy and then the laundry. The spirit, the life of the spirit expressed in a practical program of action in the 12 steps. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. Uh, go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Julie, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. Um, You know, I don't know about your disease. I can tell you about mine that, uh, you know, before embarking on the program of recovery, I was eating with a sense of urgency and desperation I had never known before. Um, It was very clear to me that not compulsive overeating, merely eliminating my binge foods, had no effect on the disease of compulsive overeating. (laughs) Because a compulsive over like me, um, if I'm going to stay stopped, has to find a way to be comfortable without using without finding it necessary to medicate. Because when someone like me becomes restless, irritable, and discontent, that has to be alleviated. And if I don't find a way to alleviate it, I will do what I always did, and that was medicate. And the way someone like me medicated, a real compulsive overeater like me medicated, was to eat. So these steps that they outline here, self-searching, the leveling of pride, I mean, we know those as, uh, you know, step four and five, the inventory process, uh, you know, uh, that was able to, uh, you know, take those dark and broken places within me and transform them. You know, how free did I want to be? Well, by that point, I wanted freedom after almost two decades of madness and mayhem and torture and turmoil. Uh, I was ready to uh, concede to my innermost self to have that full admission of step one. Yes, I am powerless. I am absolutely powerless because without that uh Conceding to my innermost self, the practice of the subsequent steps became an impos- was an impossibility. On the other hand, once I fully admitted my real condition of powerlessness, that first in take that took that first step. The other eleven became an absolute necessity because freedom isn't free. This process is simple, but it's not easy. A price has to be paid. And for someone like me, it meant the destruction of self-centeredness, deflation of ego at depth. That's exactly what the steps are. However, I do want to point out this, this same statement right here. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe that in the hopelessness, in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. You know, when I met a man who had been restored to sanity, who never, who no longer drank himself to death after living in a gutter. And I sat across from him, and he cracked open this book, and he brought these pages to life. And we sat there for hours as I watched the sweat, you know, flowing down his temples as he uh, brought these pages and these instructions to life to me as, as he had walked through these instructions. I left that room with something I came in without. 
And that was hope. I left with hope. I left with hope because he was living proof that some power greater than himself had restored him to sanity, that he had had a spiritual awakening. He had had a successful consummation of the program. And that's the whole point. He had been restored to sanity. He had soundness of mind. He had been relieved of the obsession. And he was walking the earth a free man. And I wanted that. And I wanted that. And with every uh, fiber of my body, uh, I could muster up with that willingness. Uh, there was a magical dance that proceeded as my willingness and God's grace uh, came together and created a, a movement towards recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Judy, yes. Hi, Judy. Go ahead. Thank you, Julie, for your service. Good morning. This is Judy F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. I I just wanted um, to share my experience with this process and with God coming, taking over, really, and becoming more God-centered than self-centered and about the fourth dimension. You know, it, it, I came into it, it was like all of a sudden I realized when I would respond in a loving way or I'd have that intuition of knowing what to do when I went to God. It was over time that I wasn't, I, I had stopped going to the food, you know, going right to the food and learned by doing these steps and looking at how I was responding to life and God was able through the steps it was, really was a spiritual process. It wasn't anything I did except I followed the directions. While I was on each step, I thought, well, this isn't going to work. But I trusted my recovered sponsor. I trusted those that had got that it worked for. That was so powerful just to say, okay, I may be the only one this doesn't work for, but I'll trust that it worked for them, so I'll just follow the directions. And then, really, then I, I was probably the last one that saw the changes in me because I was so busy just working my new way of life, working steps 10, 11, and 12. The discipline of going to God before getting into the worry or the, the fear. And it is a fourth dimension on, on having that peace, that, that peace within. I, could, I always look to the outside through food, through people, through circumstances working out. And today I have that peace within no matter what's going on with my mother's illness, when my father died, when my brother died, I had that inner peace that, um, and I could have relationships with others and it wasn't dependent on what they did. It, it, it wasn't dependent on what was happening. It was that peace within that God gives me and I keep going back to every morning in my quiet meditation to remind myself that there is God within and peace within, and um, and I'm just—it's just inexplic- inexplainable, but it works, and I see it working in my sponsees and the people around me that work this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for everyone who shared. It is now time to close the meeting, and we will close it with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Kim, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
Thank you, Julie. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.